Okay. Welcome to the That's Good Sports podcast, where Will Keys is forming a union to try and destroy me. Will Keys is my co-host. I'm Brandon Perna. This is an NFL sports podcast, football. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of football shit today. Some hard knock stuff. Some... Oh, the, the Washington Redskin Potatoes, I think, are mounting evidence that they are the worst organization in all football. And some of our risers and fallers from uh, the Broncos' first two preseason games, guys, uh, Will Keys and I are watching. But first, this episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Roll the clip! Hair, beard, chest, back, balls, feet. Hair, beard, chest, back, balls, feet. Hair, beard, chest, back, balls, feet. Science lab? It doesn't matter where you shave, it matters how you shave. The number one place for total body maintenance is manscaped.com. As a man with the ability to grow hair on any part of my body that's thicker than the jungles in the Amazon basin, I have put the lawnmower 2.0 through the ringer. It is my favorite manscaping tool and I recommend you try the perfect package 2.0 plus peak hygiene plan. It comes with the lawnmower, the plow, the crop preserver, the crop reviver, the pube mat, and a free travel storage bag and a replacement blade for your lawnmower every three months for just $14.99. If you're already manscaping, definitely check out their new replenishment plans where you choose the frequency of delivery so you never run out of your favorite product. Use my promo code GOODSPORTS or the link in the description to save 20% off your manscaped order. Okay, yes. Thank you to me from the, the past. Uh, the <laughs> Manscaped, Manscaped link is in the description for your discount. Uh, and that is the first time I think we've done a, a full ad in, in the podcast, Will. So really a yeah. big day for us. A massive day. Uh, if there's ever been two people that have needed Manscaped, I think it's you and me. <laughs> yeah, constant yeah. Manscaping. You know what's funny is like... It never ends. When it, anytime I take my, my shirt off on the show, which it is frequently, people are like, you're not even using your Manscaped. <laughs> I'm like, like, oh, buddy, yeah, I am. Fuck you, I am using it. Like, it just, it grows fast and lush. And, yeah. you know, when you're married, like, I'm not, I'm not doing it every week. I'm more of a once a month type upkeep guy just because it takes like 30 minutes to shave. It really does. Body fucking hate i hate doing it but yeah uh when you got to do it the the tools are good like mm-hmm. i wouldn't promote manscaped if i wasn't using it on my own nuts so that is uh behind the scenes info um two things will one okay have you paid any attention to the the barstool union union uh twitter saga i sure have i sure have Part of the reason why I myself am unionizing, uh, the first complaint being I've contracted black lung from all the keyboard dust that's <laughs> gotten into my lungs. I think I've got the black lung, Pop. You've been down in the mine one day. <laughs> I don't know why he's Irish. That's yeah. why. Uh, uh, yeah, if you, don't, if you don't know what movie that's from, uh, seek help. It's, yeah, if you don't know the Zoolander reference. Come on. Probably not watch, listening to this podcast yeah. anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have to have a really high IQ to get it. <laughs> my, my question is, uh, how stupid is Dave Portnoy for just continuing to, I don't know, indict himself if his employees <laughs> ever do decide? Because it doesn't seem like that they're- I don't think they're going to unionize. They're going to. No, they have no desire to. They, they I think don't. it was just a bit- it was it like it did yeah. exactly what Barstool does well is it caused a controversy. I got a ton of people to probably click on their website and billions, it, yeah, a billion in that uh, in that one day. A billion, which uh, we yeah, I mean a little less than we get usually, but yeah. still that that's a good number and that that gives you a a good little uh, number to put on the CPM. That's uh, insider stuff for you non-advertisers out there. I think the, uh, the, the funny thing is like Dave seems stupid, but then everyone 
trying to attack Barstool and him are really they just played into into their game. And oh, absolutely, yeah. No, he. It's it's him versus everyone with a blue check mark on Twitter. Right. Which you don't have a blue check mark. I don't have a blue check mark. Nope. I hope I never get one. I don't have enough followers to get one. Oh, you can get a blue check mark with really any amount of followers, but it'd be really fucking lame to get one with like 700 followers. I get made fun of mercilessly, as I would, you know, deserve to get. But uh, they all kind of tend to like militarize whenever uh, anything happens controversially with, with Barstool. Yeah. Um, it's, thought, it's always a fun situation that plays out. Yeah. I mean, like, the the crazy thing is, like, I think my show would uh, would be great there. I've said that hundreds yes. of fucking times. It would. Uh, I would fear their audience a little bit. Like, I mean, if you piss off the, the Barstool fans, and I, I believe uh, Ben Albright, had threatening phone calls to his phone from uh from the stoolies and he had to get the the police involved that was definitely a false flag i'm not revealing like a secret or anything but he posted about it on twitter so i would be scared that i say i said something wrong and people turned on me quickly because i my my skin is not that thick (laughs) <laughs> no, nor is mine. But um, your thin, your skin is is thinner um, than mine, thin. just because you have been, been as exposed to it, right? You are so yeah. If you guys want to thicken up my skin a little bit, really leave, go leave after Will's intelligence. Here. Yeah, leave some some good creative mean comments in the uh, in the comments below. What's the what movie is that from? With a where you, where he says. They really attacked my intelligence there. <laughs> is that from the uh, office or from the mo- a movie? Probably Zoolander. Maybe I Zoolander. Yeah, I don't know. Go Zoolander. Uh, other thing. Oh, you, yeah, go ahead. You, you pointed out, uh, was it, is it Deadspin that does the your team stuff? Yes. Yeah, Drew McGarry from Deadspin. Right, and it's, it's getting kind of old and, and tired, uh, but they, they do it every year, and it probably gets a whole bunch more clips clicks and my bullshit uh but they compared sacramento to denver and that, that is what set you off that made no sense to me uh as a person who's spent considerable time in both cities um sacramento more so yeah drew mcgarry said that denver is just sacramento with legal weed uh first of all weed is uh, very legal here i so i don't know if he like he just like picked that joke from something he wrote in like 2013 right just recycled Recycled it yeah you know not understanding uh state legislation very much but second of all uh denver and sacramento are really nothing alike and uh i don't really get that so um you know we're uh a lot less elevated than you guys hotter Um, no mountains to speak of really yeah, I mean, there's you know mountains on the. Yes, uh, we're we're both capital cities, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Capital so, yeah, cities. Yeah, and you said we were both cow towns, which is you know. Yeah, Denver's like Denver's weird like that. It's not a fucking cow town anymore, but there's still oh neither, cow neither people. Sacramento isn't either. <laughs> it's just stick to attacking the teams, not the city. Dude, there's there's cow people everywhere. Yeah, there's cow that's people it. in LA. Every big city is basically the same. I feel like yeah. there's always like going to be cows kind of hanging around on the outskirts. Yeah, there's all there's like a lot of great things about every big city, and there's the same shitty things about every big city. Yeah, it's like the traffic sucks. Most of the people suck because when you put a bunch of people together, you're going to fucking start to hate each other. Yeah, uh, it's too expensive. It used to be better back in the day, but it never was because even back in the day, everybody was complaining about how it was too big and busy then. So, yeah, all the same bullshit. Uh, okay, first thing I wanted to talk about uh, Demarius Thomas. I saw uh, one of the Patriots beat writers for WEEI tweet out that Julian Edelman, Demarius Thomas, going through pretty intense workouts right now on the field in Tennessee, uh, DT, does, is he going to have a good chance to maybe shine in New England 
if he's if he's healthy. I hope not. Um, I really hope not. I, I wish him good health. I just don't. Uh, well, uh, to be honest, I really don't wish him good health if he's going to use it for the Patriots. You know, that's like using your good for evil, basically. Exactly, it's using your talents for evil, and I can't. I can't condone evil, can I? Yeah, it'll be interesting because I mean, Demarius Thomas is at a point in his career where. Even if he was healthy, I would still have, I guess, concerns about how well he can perform. Uh, I believe he can come back from, you know, whatever injury, and I believe he has the talent to be a decent receiver in a good offense, but I don't know. It's, it's it feels, good. Personally, yeah. I'm happy that he's, he's doing well, unlike you, Will. But, um, oh, okay, I'm, I, I don't, I'm glad he's, uh, you know, in good – Health, like I know, I'm just giving you shit. Not, just, uh, I don't want to see the Patriots diseases or do anything. anything. I don't want to yeah. see him do anything. No, um, it feels like he's kind of redundant there now that they have Nikhil Harry because Demarius Thomas obviously has lost, you know, a step, maybe two steps, but he was a guy who has, you know, he's got a huge frame, like he's six three, but he always played like a smaller receiver who never really took advantage. Sometimes he did, but never fully took advantage of his size and power. Uh, and now the speed has kind of gone away, and he doesn't have that, you know, like Anquan Bolden type physicality to fall back on that, that extends your career. And Nikhil Harry is kind of that guy who's never going to get great separation but fights for balls and can box out defenders. Uh, so I don't know if there's a huge role for him in that offense because, you know, given the opportunity, they're always going to play their first-round pick over, you know, a guy that they signed in free agency kind of off the, off the scrap heap. But yeah. maybe that's just, that's just me, like, talking myself out of, uh, you know, his eventual 1,000-yard season. Yeah, it'll be – I mean, it'll be interesting to watch. I just – I hope DT doesn't well because Tom Brady plays so shitty. That's the way we can go. That would be the best case scenario, yeah. That's the PC answer. Um, okay. Now, did you watch Hard Knocks this week? I did, yeah. I've seen episodes one and two. It is, it's been very entertaining. Yeah, um, I feel like it's been, a, it's been entertaining. Like It's kept my attention the whole time. I feel like they had pretty tough expectations to live up to this season, though, with the Antonio Brown stuff, just like the dysfunction that we're used to with the Raiders and they're not getting total access. I feel like. Yeah. And I think they need to stop trying to make Richie incognito look like a nice, well-adjusted person. No, they need to set them off somehow. They need to like plan a trap. Like I think what they should do is get him and Jonathan Martin back together and, and see what kind of chaos ensues. <laughs> Like, you know, like one of those movies where, uh, like, like they surprise, trick guess who we just signed? <laughs> they trick two people, uh, who like recently broken up and they need to get back together, or like they need them to make up, like they trick them to be in the same place at the same time. Basically, yeah. like that. Uh, an old premise scary. from the movie Zoolander, yeah. Because both Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito threaten to shoot places up, correct? Yeah, so they have a lot in common. <laughs> it's the common, the yeah. common denominator. Right. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot, a lot to work off of there. Yeah, here's my, like, John Gruden's super entertaining. He he does carry the show. He does. Yeah. Uh, we've seen nothing of Vontez Perfect. No. They've only painted Incognito like as a nice guy who. Redemption. Really learned from his mistakes, and they didn't ever really tell you what his mistakes were. So if you didn't know ahead of yeah. time, you think like he just like got suspended a couple times, or like no, he he threatened to to cut off his own father's head at his funeral. Yeah, and shoot the place up. Yeah, uh, and bullied Jonathan Martin out of the league. Yeah, there there's there has been several crazy incidents. Uh, we've seen none of Brandon Marshall. And as a, we saw him for like, you know, a second coming out of the tunnel in the last game, uh, which I feel like there's interesting storylines there. 
the craziest person seems like Jonathan Abram, the safety. Yeah, so he was basically the main character of the first episode. And then I don't think people I, – I think HBO wanted to make him like the charismatic lead of the show. And it didn't really go as expected. I think most people ended up disliking him. And so they took his, uh, they edited him down in the second episode. In episode two. <clears throat> yeah. Also, the worst thing he did out of that whole thing, you know, it wasn't hitting his teammates in practice. Uh, yeah. It wasn't like being ungrateful for Derek Carr buying all the rookies dinner. It was the fact that he, he sang Old Town Road so much in that horse riding scene that he forced HBO to buy the rights to that song, which I I imagine has to be the most expensive song to buy the rights to right now. Yeah. It's the most popular song on earth right now. And and he's like, no, you, you better get this in here. Yeah. It's done. It, I mean, it basically, it convinced people who only listen to country music to listen to that song right it's 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 basically done what politicians can't do that song and it's not even a good yeah, song across the aisle no people freaking love it um yeah they, it united the two most different people in america people who listen to hip-hop and uh people who listen to country, listen music. To country. yeah is what this world needs we yeah we need more of that i think Less hitting your teammates in practice. Although that was kind of funny. Yeah, no, it was very funny. Do you think John like do you think John Gruden's a good coach watching him just oh, on hard knocks? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh because I feel like we don't know you know, we get about like two percent of what right. he does every week, and the other ninety-eight percent either gets edited out or doesn't make the cut. Because it's not like, you know, it's more dry football stuff uh, or just doesn't ever make it onto the camera. Right. I don't know, man. I think he strikes me like someone who's kind of lost his fastball but still, you know, thinks he has it. It, Only time's going to tell here, and he's got a lot of time to work with. I'll go out on a limb and say he's he's better than Hugh Jackson based on hard knocks. I think that's fair. I think I find myself re-liking him again uh, because it was easy to not like him last year after he left the broadcast booth and just went to the Raiders. Uh, But his personality is like he reminds you as a player that he cares about you and then yells at you. And I think like as a player, you can respect that because it's when coaches just are always fucking yelling all the time and they seem insane that I think you lose players. But if they kind of let you know, like, why they're getting on you, and you kind of just saw that with the way he was dealing with the quarterbacks and the fact that he he loves Nathan Peterman. <laughs> it is. The and was selling himself on Mike Glennon. I, I respect that. He was yelling at Mike Glennon to get a personality. I'm like, you, you took the two least confident quarterbacks in yeah. the NFL and made them the backups to a guy who really doesn't have much of a personality himself and Derek Carr. And you're like trying to teach them how to, you're trying to teach them social skills like t- 25 and 30 years into their life, which I can't imagine is very easy. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, by that point, you because, I mean, Nathan Peterman had a ton of success in college. I feel like you, you, by this time you have to have figured out how to be a leader as a quarterback. Yeah, it's not going to uh, yeah. happen for Glennon at like age 30. No. And he, he's had starting jobs. He's been around long enough where he is who he is. Peterman, you could be like, okay, he's still young. This is another new team. He's probably swimming a little bit. Maybe there's something there. And – he just needs has, to you know, find a little uh, confidence to build on it, but uh, he'll get back. I mean, he'll get back to he'll settle in and start throwing pick sixes in no time. Yeah, he'll be there. Yeah, it takes a little bit to to get acclimated, obviously. Yeah. Now, uh, but do you think they do you think they talked about the Antonio Brown situation enough? I know they they glossed over it. Like I thought, this is what they're gonna do is like pick up clips from NFL Network and kind of play them. 
uh, to get a little exposition, a little context around that, and then kind of skirt around it because the Raiders weren't going to give them a ton of access into that story. So they basically gave us, like, they gave us NFL Network clips and then press conference clips just with a, a better camera angle. <laughs> right. So it's like stuff we could have seen already. The only, like, revelation was uh, Antonio Brown taking his shoes off. Yeah, I mean, I think we learned before this even aired that his foot injury was pretty serious, that it was frostbite from the whatever those chambers are they, they do their shit in. Um, and, like, once you learned why his feet look like that, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, he needs, he needs to let that heal so he can play. And then him he kept saying, like, uh, my feet got circumcised. And I don't think he knows what circumcision is. Yeah, it was it was funny. But with the the helmet stuff is I feel they were maybe scared to actually like dive into how ridiculous it is that he wants such an old helmet. Because the NFL has to allow them to produce that show. And the NFL said he can wear it if he finds Helmets made after 2010, but I mean, none of that makes sense. And John Gruden really defended him, but I've worn football helmets and yeah, there's going to be different feels to all of them, but you, you wear it a week and you're, you get used to it. You know, all the yeah. Brady holding on to it. Like, I don't know. It just, it seems like such a weird thing to do and a pain in the ass to try to find old helmets when you can just take like the nice new ones that are safer for you and just get used to it. And they're not, yeah, they're not giving him one helmet that he has to wear. They're giving him a ton to choose from too. Yeah. There just find one that works. Like, tolerable on your that head. All other receivers use. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dumb story that has lasted way longer than I thought it would. Super dumb. Yeah. Right. It's too bad. Yeah. I going back to wishing injuries, on people i hope the frostbite is severe enough for him not to play week one i'll, I'll say or yeah or like come back week two helmet until then yeah i don't know i don't know how good their raiders offense will be it's going to depend a lot on that offensive line honestly but and the offensive line has gotten worse they because they lost pieces this year they lost pieces they have young guys i mean they could be fine you never know with offensive lines but yeah, probably not, though. They, they, I don't think they'll be better. No, yeah, because they, they lost Clutch Yosemite. Uh, I guess they're relying on Colton Miller, who didn't really give any reason that he's going to yeah. be a, a good starting tackle in the NFL last no. year. Uh, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out week one a little bit. That we will. That we will. Now, before we get into the Broncos, uh, I wanted to talk about Washington because – it's just getting that okay so we talked I talked a little bit about it in the the last episode or one of the episodes from this week I don't fucking know anymore but their tackle Trent Williams was refusing to to show up then we talked about Sua Cravens tweeting about uh the team and how they tried to screw him and then I saw this thing about Colt McCoy so uh, let's see, who tweeted it? Oh, yeah, Warren Sharp on Twitter. He basically tweeted, Colt McCoy broke his fibula last year. The Redskins admitted it didn't heal right because they hurried him back, hoping he could start in the playoffs. He had three <laughs> surgeries since, uh, and now they don't know when he'll be able to play again. And this, I think, goes into what Sua Cravens was saying who one of his tweets said, during the time I was put on the exempt list, the skins went out of their way to cut off my insurance, froze my payments, refused to pay me or recoup the pay, all for a very real injury that they decided was made up, which is why people fear being hurt in the league. Um, and the Trent Williams thing has been said, it's like not about money. So the, the Redskins just in this last week have a lot of evidence showing that you don't want to play there as a player because they really, really don't give a fuck about you. It's true. What yeah. is weird to me, and in Hard Knocks, 
last night they had, uh, or the other night, they had John Gruden talking about Sean McVay. Uh, McVay came up basically as a coach when Gruden was in Tampa Bay and how he was an intern and he coached for them for free. Like the NFL didn't pay him. Yeah. Why he was the, the piss boy. Yeah. Why the fuck is the NFL so cheap that it can't even pay like guys yeah. who want to be coaches 30, 40 grand a year or they won't pay Sue Craven's medical bills. And the, the Redskins as an organization, the fifth richest team worth $3.1 billion and you're nickel and diming these guys or players getting hurt. It just reading all that and hearing it, like it just pissed me off this morning. And I, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about it because it seems so fucked up to me. Like the most fucked up thing you can do is tout your 14 or $15 billion in profit every year and then not pay coaches uh, on your t- And every team does that. Every team has like intern coaches who they don't fucking pay. And or just like, yeah. They fight to screw out of money when they get hurt playing the fucking game. They sorry, I'm I'm saying fuck a lot, but I don't know. It pissed it me off. A Christian and I, podcast. I felt we should we should talk about it. Yeah, they, they clearly don't pay a groundskeeper <laughs> to maintain the field either, which you know adds to the injuries. Um, so if they had just paid you know one person to like rake the field once a month. <laughs> They probably still have RG3. They're going to the playoffs with him every year. Sue Cravens never gets hurt. Uh, they don't have to freeze his payments in that case. But let's be real. The funniest part of this was that they thought they were going to make the playoffs last year. <laughs> and they rushed Colt McCoy back because they thought that Josh Johnson was going to take them to the playoffs. Either Mark Sanchez or Josh Johnson was going to get them in the playoffs last year. We gotta uh, get. We gotta do it, guys. And that's that's a sign of delusion. Not being able, yeah, not being able to accept reality on any sort of terms. The Redskins are basically the Knicks in the NBA, but more malicious. Yeah, the they're Knicks, the they're the last team I would want to play for, and it's not even close. Which is funny because they always sign free agents every year. Yeah, they all they. Spent money, big money on free agents for as long as Dan Snyder's been there. It started with the, what was it, the Albert Hainsworth. That's when they really made a a big mistake money-wise. I feel sorry for Mike Shanahan for being there for so long. I don't know why Jay Gruden's staying there either. I don't think anybody else is going to hire Jay Gruden, to be honest. I bet bet his brother would. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I just mean as a head coach. Yeah. No, he's not going to get the head coach again for a while. He's been, yeah, he's bizarrely been there a long time. Like, I think he's been there since 2014. So this will yeah, be, yeah, it's been a while. This will be his sixth season. And when you think about Jay Gruden, it's like, what has he ever done to, <laughs> I think to he just deals, he just deals with coach. being in that organization. Yeah. He's the only person that tolerates it. Yeah called Stockholm Syndrome, and he's doing a a great job at having it. He's been there so long, now he can't leave. Same with Colt McCoy. Poor Colt McCoy. Yeah, he he got a bad deal. Right. Although I don't – I remember uh, him saying – I think one of, like, the the -the behind-the-scenes draft videos, he thought the Broncos were going to take him, and they didn't. He's like, I'm going to make sure they pay for not taking me. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. You never did, Cole. I think, he was, played, I think he played well against us in the preseason last year, so maybe. Maybe he made us pay. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. All right. We're two preseason, preseason games in for the Broncos. Falcons, Broncos, the only teams that got to play that extra, extra game. Uh, and you put in a list of guys that we thought were – their stock went up after the first game and guys that – or units that the stock went down. Uh, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Go ahead. Okay. A riser. This is a quiet riser. Uh, running back David Williams, who besides like uh, Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, none of the running backs looked too good for the Broncos in the, the second game. But Williams – Quietly had five receptions uh, for 36 yards against Seattle. Now that Theo Riddick's hurt, 
uh, Devontae Booker, maybe on the bubble. They brought David Williams back, and seeing him catch five passes, uh, that's that's something that I think is going to be on the Broncos' radar in terms of which is the final running back that they want to keep. So I think he did himself a favor for, you know, being kind of versatile like that in the, the Seahawks game. And to be honest, I was live streaming during the game and then I didn't review it. And so my recollection of what actually happened in that game will not be spot on. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, they drafted David Williams last year and then right. cut him or let they put him on. He got claimed by the Titans is all I know. Yeah, he lost. I, he basically didn't make the team because Philip Lindsay was. Yeah, because he took great. a spot. Yeah. Which I don't think anybody's complaining about that. No. But it's kind of cool that he came back and. Uh, He's getting a second chance. Shot. So my first riser is, oh, this is kind of a pun, Dalton Reisner. Ah. Pretty much entirely for that block on that Royce Freeman 50-yard run. That was beautiful. Uh, that got me really excited. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be one of those guys who you never have to worry about, and that's so nice to have on an offensive line. Yeah, and like it's a, a second round guy too. You know what I mean? Right. So you expect that out of every first round guy that's drafted. Second round, there's obviously high expectations there, but it just seems like such a solid grab for the Broncos. Um, and even Drew Locke looked be- better too, so that makes you yeah. feel feel good. But he's not on my list as a riser. He, yeah, he wasn't on my list either, but I, I thought about putting him on, but it felt a little obvious. Yeah, we already talked about him too this week quite People a bit. Know he played better. Brian Baldinger taught us all how much better he got. Baldy's breakdowns. Baldy. Uh, my second guy on the riser list is Sue Cravens, um, who's yes. had basically two pretty good games so far this preseason. Uh, he led the team in tackles which is what you kind of want from – well, I mean, you never really want your safety to be your leading tackler. But <laughs> the way that the preseason is and – Yeah, they play like that, linebackers now. Or knowing that he's going to be tackling and closer to the line quite a bit, uh, you want to see. But he also – and not that people even really trust pro football focus anymore, but he had the, the highest uh, coverage grade from them. So um, – I would say that's uh, also a positive sign. But he's looking significantly better than he did last year because we didn't see him at all. Yeah, I, I think it would be really cool if Vic Fangio finds a way to deploy him better this year because he was pretty much wasted last year, um, either because he was injured or I don't think Joe Woods knew quite what to do with him. Because yeah. he, I don't think Joe kind of Woods quite knew to do with anybody. That's fair, yeah. I've heard uh, some shit about Joe Woods that I can't really discuss, but always, yeah. Uh we'll we'll save that for uh I was gonna say the premium podcast, but we really don't have one. <laughs> we don't have one. <laughs> pay to hear stuff. Pay to uh hear some hearsay about Joe Woods. Hearsay, hearsay. All right, who's your, your second riser? I left uh, this guy actually for you. Yeah, I've got Malik Reed. <laughs> two games, two sacks. What else what else do you want? My my former classmate. He's looking good though. He looks yeah. like you can plug him in right. He looks behind like Chubb or Miller and you're not gonna you're gonna get production out of him. Yeah, no, exactly. He was another guy who before the draft, you know, uh they talked about Keelan Doss on the Raiders last year or last on the hard knocks last week. Right about a guy who was supposed to get drafted and then fell for whatever reason, probably because he went to a small school at UC Davis, kind of slipped by, and there's a lot of wide receivers. Uh, and he's kind of an undrafted player who, with the talent of like a fourth or fifth rounder who's kind of showing that now. And Malik Reed's kind of the same guy. Like he was projected to go in the fourth or fifth round. And for whatever reason, probably because there's a Nevada bias in the NFL, uh, same reason Brandon Marshall didn't get drafted. Uh, suddenly, you know, he's playing like a fourth or fifth, like even better than a fourth or fifth rounder right now. He's playing like a, a guy who probably should have gone in like the third round. Yeah, I was just going to say, if the Broncos had drafted him in the third round, I'd be feeling yeah, we'd be very feeling good excited. about that pick. Right, yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, 
And the Broncos have have a pretty good track record of finding, you know, an undrafted guy every year. Uh, so he's definitely, I think, knowing that the Broncos pass rush is a strength and then getting some depth there, it just, it, it is comforting and knowing like their, their defense should probably be good. So solid riser. Uh, my final riser is our AAF friend, Devonte Bosby. Yes. Uh, he had a really good pass breakup, but, uh, he had 19 coverage snaps, was only targeted twice, allowed zero catches. Um, I think, you know, we need, we need to see more from Isaac Yadam too, just in terms of amount of time he's on the field. But if the corner depth is good, just like the, the pass rushing depth, that is another thing that will make me feel better about this season. Um, with, you know, Chris Harris, I, I expect him to be healthy uh, and Kareem Jackson, but they're, they're older players. So you worry if they're going to miss a game or two, if they get, you know, some sort of thing. And prior to this, uh, I wasn't sure who the fuck the Broncos were going to have behind any of those guys. So maybe Bosby turns out to be, be legit. But another guy I thought, you know, after two games is starting to look like a decent corner. Yeah, and it's kind of sad that a lot of those AAF guys have gotten hurt in training camp. Yeah. Freezer um, on the Chiefs. And then I think Orion Stewart, who was like the highest graded player through like six weeks in the AAF, also got hurt. Yeah, and he was with the Broncos last preseason or the preseason, preseason yeah. before. Yeah, and obviously there's a ton of depth on that defense, so there's always going to be good guys that don't get jobs with the Broncos just because of how talented they are on that side of the ball. But, it's yeah, no, it's good to see a guy – it's good to see, like, the NFL minor league, however long it lasted, like, do its job, at least for yeah. one player. And, and I, I'm assuming that's what we can hope, you know, from the XFL, that guys – continue to get chances. Um, and even if it's, you know, I don't know how many, what they, they signed like 40 players from the AF. So I don't know how many of those actually are still on teams or, or whatever, but that's a lot of guys getting another look because they have right. an opportunity to, to show that they, you know, could still play. Um, and as a fan, if you actually watch that stuff, then you know who some of these guys are, which exactly. I think makes the game better. Because there's probably every season there's guys that would have played in a league like the AAF, but since it didn't exist, we don't know who the fuck they are at all. So just as a fan, it's nice to be like, oh, yeah, I remember. That guy, uh, <laughs> you know, he had a pick six for the iron or some shit. The Birmingham iron. RIP in peace to the AAF. Um, your your riser. Yeah, your riser. I've got Devonte Booker. Not because anything that he did in particular, just because Theo Riddick got hurt and he might not lose lose his job for a couple more weeks. Booker, man, he yep. just hangs around. He really does. Yeah. Dude, how shitty is it that Theo Riddick and uh, Austin Fort both got hurt the first time they touched the ball? In that game. The lesson is to not touch the ball. Never touch the ball in preseason. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Uh, Fort tore his ACL, so he's done for the season. I feel it, like he should have expected that as a, as a white yeah. rookie tight end for the Broncos. You're gonna, you're gonna, your body is, ugh. Bad yeah. news. Mm -hmm. it, it sucks for, for Theo Riddick, though, because, like, I, was, I don't think I nailed the joke accurately, but it was... I wasn't imagining Theo Riddick as a Bronco at all. And then once he was, I started to get excited about how they were going to use him in the offense and was planning on him being like that third guy. And now I have to go back to being like, oh, yeah, I don't even know if he'll be around after he gets healthy. Yeah, no. Uh, why even why, – why is God cruel enough to, to put him in our lives only to take him away so quickly? Right. And they said it's a, a, a slight fracture. I love when they say a slight yeah. fracture. It's a little bit broken. It's just a little crack in the bone. 
Yeah. Not a massive crack. Shouldn't be. Yeah, they're talking about it like it's a windshield. So we can get that fixed up for about $400. Yeah. Oh, that was Max Crosby when he shattered his hand in hard knocks. Yeah. That dude's tough. Like He is. I'll say it. Yeah. It hurts. My hand went limp. Yeah, because he broke the fuck out of it and kept trying to play. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, you're – your pointer finger is on the right side of your right hand now. I like that guy. Uh, but, I mean, he's basically – that's that's why, like, you know, Colt McCoy tried to rush back because you got to try to be this tough football guy. But when it's a, a major bone in your leg, it's a little different than a hand that they, they can sort of protect. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you know, who knows what the Redskins could have done in the playoffs last year. Yeah, they could have been huge. Yeah, yeah right. All right, fallers. Lombardi. We we got to go negative. Uh, uh, we hate to do it, but someone's got to. My biggest faller was running back Kalfani Muhammad. Three carries, negative four yards. Had a great first game. Was hoping to see more of him in this game. I'm not going to put it all on him because I thought the offensive line outside of the, the starters was really not impressive at all. But uh, you want to see him – even if the line isn't playing good, break one run, you know, make some sort of play. And he just – he didn't get really a lot of chances, but uh, not great second showing. And I really want him to make the squad. Yeah, he was probably the best offensive player in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, he looked electric. Yeah, and we, we have a good history with undrafted running backs from California, including – C.J. Anderson. So, you know, you want that, you know, you want that tradition to continue a little bit. Maybe he'll make the practice squad. Yeah, he might. Actually, if he doesn't show too much and then sneaks onto the practice squad and then is good, that might be the best way. Yeah. He's not even a rookie. He's been in the league. He's a second-year guy. Yeah. All right. Your first follower? Yeah. uh, I've got every fucking center on the team for not knowing how to do a shotgun snap. Yeah, I think we'll just tie mine into this too because I said that all the reserve offensive line. Yeah, no, pretty bad. Um, yeah, which makes you realize that like, Drew Locke played really well in spite of having a ton of pressure in his face. Well, yeah, he. I mean, I think he didn't play better though because the line was – giving up so much pressure he put together that that first good drive and then really didn't get another good drive until the end of you know his stay on the field and it wasn't all his fault there were some drop passes as Baldinger pointed out to us but I just kept like feeling like oh yeah that they can't run the ball and when they're throwing because they can't run he doesn't have a lot of time and then as you mentioned center is an issue which, if that continues to be a problem, everybody's going to be screaming about Matt Paradis all year long. Great. Awesome. Can't wait. Can't wait. They can always move. I, I don't want it to happen, but they can always move Reisner inside, I think. Yeah. Did Sam Jones play center at all? I think so. I think so. Yeah, the guy looks like uh, a Dothraki. Yeah. Yeah, he could probably play center. We'll teach him to play center. I mean, yeah. How hard I don't could know. it be? Probably, it's probably actually really hard to execute a perfect shotgun snap when there's a guy ready to, uh, you know, bury you into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Shotgun snap it and then get your arms up feels pretty tough. But I- if you're being paid to do it, you should do it, I think. That's my opinion. I'm confident the Broncos uh, line will be good this season as long as nobody gets hurt on that line ever. (laughs) No, and as we all know, injuries do not occur on the offensive line. No linemen ever get hurt. No. Um, All right, yeah, you're – okay, you did yours. Yeah. My second faller is the entire reserve defense. For making Paxton Lynch look good. It's not easy to do. It's not easy. Uh, but they pulled it off. They did the impossible. 
they <laughs> they gave up two touchdowns to Paxton fucking Lynch. I have and a theory. That hurt. It wasn't great. I have a theory, though. Um, so, John Elway was embarrassed by the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Yeah. We were John, Elway, John Elway was embarrassed uh, after drafting Paxton Lynch. Yes. Paxton Lynch didn't even play last year. Then nope. the Seahawks bring him in. And they have a, a preseason game against the Broncos, which looks like Paxton long shot to even make the Seahawks roster. Elway, though, he tells the defense to make Paxton Lynch look good so the Seahawks keep him instead of Geno Smith. And then bad things happen when you have Paxton Lynch on the roster. I like it. I, I can get behind that. I think that's the, the easiest way for us to justify it. Yeah, I don't I – don't, I mean, Occam's razor, usually the, the simplest yeah. answer is the correct answer. And that was to, by far the simplest. That is the simplest answer for putting Paxton Lynch on your football team. I agree. I think we figured it out. I think you nailed it, yeah. Uh, so your final faller. My final faller, and I'm going to be honest, I don't even, I'm not even going to pretend like I actually evaluated how Draymond Jones played. Uh, but he didn't give me any Malik Reed-type plays like he did uh, the first game. And as we casually, casually watch the preseason, I need to see flashes. I'm not going to know what your assignment is. I'm not going to pay attention to every snap. I'm not going to watch all 22. I don't even watch all 22 when I'm all in this shit. But uh, I was hoping to see, like, Draymond Jones sack Paxton Lynch, at least. Yeah, no, that would have been uh, – it would have felt good for Elway to nail a third-round pick that ends up, you know, showing his former first-round pick what for. Yeah, I'm not saying he's down for the count. I'm just saying – No, he's, he's falling a little bit. You better sack the shit out of somebody this next week. Yeah, really. Who are we playing? Oh, yeah. Niners. 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo threw five straight interceptions. I love it. I think the, the best tweet I saw, somebody said, to be fair, everybody was dressed like a 49er. That's, you're not wrong. I feel like after the fourth one, I would have just checked it down to the running yeah. back. Or <laughs> like thrown it away. Or like ran with the football. Yeah, that I mean, we'll <laughs> avoid five straight interceptions. That's tough to do. Uh I think we learned last year overhyping training camp practices, one by Case Keenum looking so much better than any of the Broncos quarterbacks prior to him. I mean, to be fair, he was. <laughs> he was. And then uh, I remember, I remember, uh, I remember, I remember Broncos fans uh, going nuts with uh, the reports of Patrick Mahomes throwing a bunch of interceptions in this. Yeah. But. Nobody did five in a row like Jimmy G. So oh. it's it's honestly kind of hard to do, I think. Yeah, he is. Think about how many dropped interceptions there are. We, I have, we, yeah, nobody, one of the defenders didn't, like all the 49ers defenders have wide receiver hands. Right. You know, or like, you know, anything could happen. Like you get tipped up, like you throw it so poorly that, not even a defender can find it. Uh, like two defenders run into each other comically and, and miss the ball. Something's got to happen. Yeah, apparently not. Five straight picks. I have no clue if Jimmy Garoppolo is a good NFL quarterback. Nobody does at this point. He gets paid like one. He gets paid like a great one. Um, really matters. And before and he got hurt, I, yeah, it wasn't last year. Before he got hurt, it wasn't like you're you you thought, oh, definitely continuing from the season before. He was struggling a little bit. So, yeah, he has a lot to prove. He does, yeah, which is weird to say about a guy going into his sixth season in the <laughs> NFL and making, yeah, and making $30 million. But, you know, like I said, uh, pay scale is the best indicator of talent, which is why Dak Prescott will be the MVP this year. Dak. Lock it down. Lock it. First overall in fantasy, by the way. There's my fantasy advice for all Take you Dak number one. Yeah, yeah Dak gotta... number one. Uh, Melvin Gordon number two. 
followed by <laughs> a, uh, followed by Ezekiel Elliott. I last year we did the tried to set the worst fantasy roster lineup. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was fun. I would love to keep doing that if we just had more time. We could just set up a league where uh, it's like golf, where the lowest score the lowest wins. score wins. Yeah. Yeah, they should uh, – one of the daily fantasies, that should be a, a game. Who, who do you think would be the first quarterback picked? For lowest? Really the objective, yeah. Oh. Uh, Joe Flacco might be on there. <laughs> I don't think – he wouldn't be the first overall pick, but he'd, he'd be a day one pick for sure. I would – if I were trying to pick I – would, I would go with Dwayne Haskins. A rookie quarterback playing for the organization I just spent 10 minutes shitting on. That's fair. But he'll, he'll probably blow out his knee or leg by, like, week six if he plays. In Washington, yeah. We want a guy, yeah, he's going to start and just be really, really bad. I think Jameis is a candidate. He James could be Winston? really bad. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Winston scores points. He just makes a lot of mistakes. That's true. Maybe Marcus Mariota. Maybe, yeah. I feel like he's on the verge of getting his job taken by Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, he definitely could. He looks like he's lost confidence a lot, and he I think he threw the ball to Adam Humphreys like 10 straight plays in their first preseason game. So all I have to say about that is if you're in a PPR league, you should probably draft Adam Humphreys. Yeah, I mean, Mariota, he just sort of feels like the kind of quarterback who never fully found his confidence in the, the NFL. Right, yeah, like Mike Lennon and Nathan Peterman. Exactly. And maybe he's going to be a Raider. Maybe. It was tough to see Ryan Tannehill come in and, and immediately look 10 times better than him. As a guy who's won a playoff game. Yeah, and, <clears throat> I mean, Ryan Tannehill is always just going to be like a, a decent quarterback. He's never shown like enough where you go, oh, that guy's great, but he's not, it's never been terrible with him. Yeah, and, he, and to be fair, he was playing against the second-team defense, and as a guy that's started since 2012, he should play really well against the second-team defense. Yeah, and he's just unfortunately been in Miami, so and injuries, knee injuries and shit. Right. Well. Yeah, not great. We did it, Will. We made it through another podcast. We did it. Uh, Manscaped, I hope you're happy with us. I hope you're... Hey, uh, cool with the content that we put out today um i didn't really make enough jokes about brandon's body hair so i'll I'll just say that um he's carrying the torch for robin williams and has been for the last five years rest in peace robbie williams and steve carell people say steve (laughs) yeah that's true pre-waxing pre-waxed yeah of course from the movie zoolander (laughs) Let's call it. That's a callback, folks. End the podcast. And thanks for watching. Bye.